Welcome to Failing Forward. Today we're talking about sustainability. It's something we say in international development all the time, that projects are sustainable, but how often is that really true? I'm here today with Caitlin Shannon and Maria Hinson-Tobin, who've done some research recently on sustainability after a project closes. And we're going to talk about what works and what doesn't, and what do we know how to do better next time. So Caitlin and Maria, can you please introduce yourself for the audience today? Hi, everyone. My name is Caitlin Shannon. I work for CARE US as the research and evidence lead, and I work across the Federation with our colleagues and staff to improve the way that we generate and use evidence. Hi, everyone. My name is Maria Hinson Tobin. I'm a senior director of development on CARE US's corporate partnerships team, and I supported one sustainability research initiative in Zimbabwe as part of my doctoral research. Why is it important for us to talk about failure? Why did you agree to come on this podcast today? Great question. I think that talking about failure in relation to the sustainability of the outcomes and impacts of CARES work is critical to improving how we design and implement our programs, uh, and even to informing us as to what kinds of investments we should be making more generally as an organization. To me, sustainability means that the work CARE and its partners do during a program will live on into the future, and that eventually CARE won't be needed for those changes in structures, processes, and outcomes to perpetuate into continuing. Practically speaking, I think sustainability is really about what goes away and what's left behind and what remains um, or is left in place. And ideally, if we as CARE and our partners have done our job, it shouldn't matter that we've gone away. Um, we definitely program for sustainability, but we often don't achieve it. So that's why I think it's important for us to talk about failure when it comes to sustainability. I agree, Caitlin. I think sustainability requires that existing systems, whether they're technical, institutional, financial, or social, and the broader enabling environment have capacity to cater to the needs of individuals, communities, after a period of external input or, or support. And I think to this end, Maria and Emily, understanding why the outcomes and impact of our work isn't succeeding in terms of sustainability is tantamount to achieving our mission. And this kind of learning helps us to know how to pivot and adapt what we're doing as an organization. So tell us a little bit about the context of what you're talking about today. Where did we get this learning and how did it happen? Our learnings from failure come from the results and experience of conducting nine sustainability studies or expo studies, as some folks call them, of care programs across eight countries in which care operates um, and in most of the regions and sectors where care operates. These studies examined or assessed with a variety of methods the extent to which program outcomes, structures, and our processes remained three or more years after the program had closed. And today we want to talk about four or three of the projects that were um, researched or evaluated. So the first um, program and study we're going to talk about today is the, the Tatuir program. The Tatuir program is a food security program implemented um, by CARE West Bank, Gaza, between 2009 and 2015. And the focus of that program was to improve youth and women's participation in development programming and the capacity of community-based organizations in development, specifically related to food security, livelihoods, and natural, natural resource management. The second program 
and study I'm going to talk a little bit about um, is a government program implemented by Care Ghana between 2015 and 2021. The focus of the research um, or evaluation was on um, social accountability and local governance processes and the use of the community scorecard um, as an approach to social accountability. And this work concluded in 2019. GSAM, um, as a social accountability project, sought to improve local government transparency, accountability, and performance through the implementation of capital projects in Ghana. And the project in sustaining activities and results had three change agents. So three different groups of stakeholders and participants that were essential part of the community scorecard process. And those were local citizens or individuals um, in, in municipalities, district assemblies, and civil society organizations. The third project that we'll be focusing on is the Shibi Wash Project, a water sanitation and hygiene project implemented in Shibi District, Zimbabwe between 2014 and 2017. The goal of this project was to contribute to sustainable and equitable access to water and sanitation service for all, with a specific focus on women and girls, and also increasing practice of hygienic behaviors across its population. The sustainability research that we'll be focusing on today sought to assess whether, how, and why the outcomes of Chevy Wash Project spanning water, sanitation, gender, and hygiene were sustained four years after the project ended. Tell us a little bit about what went wrong. Focusing uh, on the Tatweer project, um, again, as Emily mentioned, um, there were lots of evidence, very positive evidence of sustained impacts and outcomes for all of the projects that were evaluated, but definitely there is some learning from failure to be had. So a few things that went wrong with the Tatuir project specifically. Um, so the project, again, worked um, to strengthen the capacity of community-based organizations, worked with them to develop um, business plans, um, and also as part of that, um, to help to advance and improve women's um, empowerment, both in terms of participating in development, but also as an outcome of that development. So improving women's economic empowerment as well as social and political empowerment. The project worked with a range of um, community-based organizations um, and, and the results of the study showed that while some of the community-based organizations were able to sustain their business plans and to continue to work to empower women specifically, not all of those C project CBOs remained economically um, viable and effective five years after care support ended. Um, specifically for participant CBOs, approaches were sustained and had viable businesses where their business plans were adapted, tailored, and responsive to the context. This includes um, connecting CBO business plans to program work on developing market linkages, meaning that our work, I think, can be most successful when it reflects and responds to systems in an integrated approach. So uh, what else did we find um, in terms of failure? When it comes to the, the aspect of Tatuir's work with community-based organizations to improve and advance women's empowerment, what the study results show was that to sustain this capacity to support and improve women's social, political, and economic empowerment, 
again, tailored investments in community-based organization capacity were needed to take processes and activities forward without additional support from care, including plans for ensuring sufficient human and financial resources. So really one-off investments and supporting activities and processes don't alone translate to sustainable organizational um, change. So there really needs to be investments from the outset um, and planning for what those human and financial resources are. Again, how to keep what is being put in place and, and the changes that are being made um, in place after, um, after CARE's work or another partner's work um, ends. Um, in terms of women's economic empowerment specifically um, for women, what did we learn when we talked to women who were participants in the Tatweer project? Tatweer didn't sustainably empower all women participants equally across domains of social, political, and economic empowerment. And the results and the analysis really show that there are different levers of change for social, political, and economic empowerment um, that function a little bit differently for, for different subgroups of women. Um, and therefore highlight the need to identify and have programs or activities um, that respond to those levers. Thus, with an eye towards sustainability, I think it's really critical to approach empowerment holistically and based on contextual understanding of those levers. In terms of the GSAM um, project and sustainability, you know, again, as Emily um, set the stage, the study results provides powerful evidence on the sustainability of this, the community scorecard process for social accountability post-project across more than 50 municipalities in Ghana. But in terms of failure, the results highlight the importance of local ownership from the outset and of engaging all change agents in the community scorecard process in this ownership. I think for this project, one thing that was learned in terms of how, you know, who can really help to facilitate that local ownership. Um, I think what we learned is that that kind of central and valuable convening role that um, civil society organizations can play in social accountability. Um, and then in, in coordinating the engagement of, of the various stakeholders in these social accountability processes. I think, again, what the results highlight is that this went on really well in some, some municipalities with some civil society organizations, but not in all, and was really dependent on the leadership within that civil society organization, how that civil society organization you know, was networked, the kind of trust they may have had in the community and that sort of ongoing um, role and network that that organization had within, within the municipality the effectiveness in the, the civil society organization playing that convening role um, wasn't, wasn't the same across all 50, 50 plus municipalities where the GSAM program operated. And again, I think another thing that we learned is the importance of a process that is adaptable and flexible. Thanks, Caitlin. I, I think, you know, there were similar findings that emerged within Shibby Wash project as well. This project, used a number of different strategies to address wash disparities in Shibi, including facilitating greater access to water and sanitation infrastructure, using uh, different 
promotional strategies for changing behavior, for promoting hand washing and, and key sanitation practices, as well as building the capacity of community-based organizations, structures, local service providers and gov government to respond to the different needs of, of the communities with respect to WASH. And the study showed that there was strong evidence that Should Be WASH project contributed to several notable sustained outcomes four years after the project. Its design and, and community-based approach led to greater access to safe drinking water, coverage and use of latrines, of which were maintained at high levels after the project. However, there were some barriers to WASH sustainability that emerged, which limited the impact of certain project components. So for example, some latrines collapsed or were destroyed due to severe weather and flooding. And in the same vein, many sanitation action groups, groups of community members that led supervision and oversight of sanitation activities in their community and were supported by, by Shibby Wash Project, these became inactive later. And in terms of hygiene, while hand washing knowledge increased after the project, practice of hand washing and application of that knowledge decreased, while at the same time, access to hand washing facilities was not sustained. There was a significant decrease in access to household hand washing facilities after the project. With respect to water, access to drinking water decreased by about 15%. And while the overall proportion was still high at about 80%, some water points fell into disrepair after the end of the project not providing reliable water service or drying up during certain seasons. And at the same time, village trained pump masons who were supported by the project are not consistently used or appropriately paid for their service, especially women. So these results in combination shed light on the technical, institutional, social, environmental, and financial levers that facilitated or hindered long-term impact of Chevy Wash project and provided opportunity for course correction even after the project. After sharing results of this sustainability research with Chevy stakeholders as part of the research's dissemination strategy, communities are now considering reviving their sanitation action groups, replacing household tippy taps or traditional structures for hand washing that had fallen into disrepair after the program and strengthening channels and systems for um, repairing water points in collaboration with local authorities like the District, district Development Fund in, in Chevy. So if I can summarize a couple of the key things we learned about what doesn't work, training's not enough. Right. So investing in a training either for a civil society organization or for individuals, even when knowledge goes up and maybe even stays up, it's not enough to have sustainability in the long term. You have to have other components, things like a longer term business plan. It sounds like I also heard you say that thinking about how do we how do people continue to pay over time and particularly how do we ensure 
that groups we've often assumed to be volunteers, women who are repairing pumps, if they don't get paid, it's much harder to sustain the work. And the last thing I thought I heard you say or that I would summarize is that idea of um, even when sustainability happens, it might not look exactly like we predicted, that communities will find the things that worked best for them and they will keep that, they may let go of other pieces. So to expect that something is completely sustained is not necessarily realistic because there will be adaptation along the way, either because when the program ends, the available resources are different or because the context changes. And so people make adaptations over the long term. Is there anything you would add to that summary? I think that's absolutely right, Emily. I think to your last point, we saw some incredible ways that community members would come together to support in the provision of bricks and other latrine construction materials for those households, which was really powerful to see that those communities were coming together to support others that were, that were in need of sanitation. So there's something important there about the investment in solidarity and in community groups and networks mm -hmm. and not just investments in individuals. So how do we move past this? These are common failures. We've talked about three programs here. There are nine studies and there are thousands of development projects every year. What are some things we need to do differently or how are we moving past these challenges? Yeah, I think for me, um, it's really a mind shift in how we program. I think it's important for us to, you know, clearly to design for sustainability. We assume sustainability, um, but I feel the results of these studies and the initiative, this research initiatives work overall, show that we aren't always programming with a sustainability mindset. In that way, I think a linchpin to sustainability for us um, as an organization through the work that we do is adaptive management, a clear understanding of and responsiveness to context, and also a fostering of ownership and engagement from the outside, acknowledging that what happens after our work ends is beyond our control and that our focus is setting up stakeholders, is setting them up for sustaining what has been set in motion when we've gone away, knowing that individual communities and organizations know what works best. Um, we don't know what works best, they do. And I think really leaning into that um, is a key for sustainability. If you could do this all over again, if you could start this process from the beginning, knowing what you know now, what would you change? I, I mean, I think one, like if I could focus on from the perspective of care, what care could do differently, you know, thinking about the sort of mindset for how we program is, and, 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 and this need to design for sustainability from the onset is really maybe developing a common framework for sustainability that includes what are some benchmarks or indicators that we can assess or perceive during the project um, as, as benchmarks for sustainability and, and as um, guideposts for how we may need to adapt and pivot our programs. Um, adaptive management programs that allow us to track those benchmarks and course correct. And I think all of that done in a participatory way with the program, partic with program participants. 
I think that's absolutely right, Caitlin. And, you know, I would just also add to say that I think we should be aligning both our programmatic work with sustainability frameworks at a sectoral level, as well as our research agendas and efforts. And what are some challenges we're still facing? Either things we don't have an answer for yet or obstacles we have to work around. So I think it's what's an ongoing challenge is really to figure out how best to frame and articulate those failures in a way that allows us to effectively problem solve. And I think what always amazes me about CARE as an organization is our learning orientation. But that said, somehow it's always easier to hone in on successes and to shy away from failures. Therefore, I, I can't help but think, how do we frame and articulate those, those fail, failures in a way that's clear and understandable and in turn allows people to be receptive and engaged in problem solving? Yeah, I think that's right, Caitlin. Sustainability research and learning, they can lead to greater sustainability if the results and lessons learned are fed back into programs, sectoral strategies and, and planning. And operationalizing our learning can be an effective tool to take our programming to the next level, but it requires long-term planning as well as flexibility and adaptive processes that you've discussed earlier that facilitate ongoing improvement. Another challenge is that sustainability can't be achieved in, in a vacuum. It's not you know, up to one person or one organization or entity to, to ensure sustainability. And sustainability is really a collaborative effort and requires a collaborative effort, uh, working in coordination with supportive institutions, community-based groups, and other stakeholders to create an environment that enables sustainability and sustained impact. How do we reduce that barrier? How do we make it easier to hear so that we can course correct and so that people are less afraid to tell us? I think it speaks to the, the, the need and the hunger for this kind of research and this kind of effort and the importance of investing in it, but also investing in it a way, in a way with methods, with structures, um, you know, with, with, with activities and feedback and plans for translation that really allows us to um, unearth and uncover what isn't working alongside of what is working. And then to, as Maria says, to, to, to kind of put, put the wheels in motion and really apply what we're learning. So for me, it's, it's, it's continuing to invest in this kind of evidence generation, um, and, but also doing it with methods that allow us to engage with program participants in that kind of honest and open way such that we're able to, to learn about what isn't working. Yeah, and I would just say to Caitlin that I think this entails creating space for reflecting on our failures and embracing our failures as, as opportunities. So if you had to recommend one action to other people doing this work based on what you learned, what would it be? I mean, I think that it comes back to, again, um, you know, having that design, designing for sustainability from the beginning um, and how to do that, I think maybe the most successfully is in a way 
that truly allows everyone around the table to appreciate and adapt to the context um, in a way that is truly participatory. Um, and what do I mean by that is um, brings everyone involved in the effort to the table with an equal voice. Um, because again, sustainability is about what happens when we go away. Um, and if we're the only people making decisions at the table about how things should be, we're certainly not going to be able to have sustained impact. Absolutely, Caitlin. I think that's a really good point. I also think having sector-specific sustainability frameworks and toolkits for programming for, measuring, and monitoring sustainability would ensure that the impacts of our efforts are sustained more consistently. And this starts with generating greater understanding of sustainability and, and challenges to sustainability across different sectors, building sustainability into our MEL frameworks, planning for it, and setting sustainability targets so that we can hold stakeholders accountable to maintaining development gains and creating adaptation and response mechanisms so that we are course correcting when we need to. And if you had to sum up the key message from your talk today in one sentence, what would it be? You know, I guess for me, it's, you know, let's not be afraid to stop doing what doesn't work. Yeah, and from my side, I would say, take a step back and look at the big picture. Sustainability requires that we consider many different parts of the puzzle and requires that we're collaborating and also considering the different voices and unique contexts in which we're working. Anything else you want to share with our audience that I didn't give you a chance to say? All I can say is if you want to learn more about what we learned about sustainability, please dive into the wonderful uh, reports that were generated as part of this learning. There's a lot more there. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And for the audience, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast.